<sighs> a dripping hose in black and white. A hummingbird feeder. A snail. A sweating glass of cold water on a table. A spinning wind chime. A pool. Sirens in the background. And an eyeball in the pool. Plastic, of course. It gets sucked into the pool filter. We go beneath the surface of the water to the bottom of the pool. And we see a pink teddy bear. It's the first thing in color. And as it turns in the pool, we see the one side's completely scorched. And its eye is missing. Welcome to blood, meth, and tears. That's Brandon. That's Scar. I'm Derek. I did not realize this happened so soon. Me neither. I mean, I mean, the worst thing, the worst thing for Brandon is you don't get an answer for this until the end of the season. You don't really figure out what happened here until the end of the season. Well, but why, it's, why even tell him? No, it's just like you're you're gonna see pieces of this before yeah. every episode. It's just. I mean, what, what? It's it's not spoiling anything. No, but it kind of takes away the joy of piecing it together. Like, yeah, you get little bits and pieces, and then it all of a sudden it comes together. Yeah, and I was prepared for this. I was listening to a podcast about Succession, and they were saying they were comparing like the great shows of all time, and they were talking about like how Succession is all about like the writing and the acting, and about like these larger points kind of like the wires about like institutions and how they take people down and the, and, but breaking bad is all about the plot. And it's the, like the show is great because it's plot focus and the plot is you're always trying to figure out like what's going to happen next in the plot. And so I was kind of prepared for shit like this to happen. We saw it in the first two episodes where he's like the second, what, what was the episode a few episodes back where he's walking with the bald head? He hadn't even cut his hair yet. And then you find that out was, he cuts his was, hair and how he gets the money. Yeah, that all episode that with Tuco. Yeah. So I'm prepared for this. So the episode begins with a recap, essentially of what transpired at the end of last season. Tight, 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 yeah! And then if you go back to the whole thing, it's like, really? I fast-forwarded. Well, then you missed some stuff, because they showed Tuco's guy getting the insulation beat out of him by Tuco. And I'm pretty sure Tugo would have beat the dude up anyhow. But again, he beat him up even worse because Walt told him not to. Yep. You ain't the boss of me is what that ass whooping said. Pretty much. And you're not so big. <laughs> Life is unfair. Walter and Jesse walk back to the car and Walter, completely unfazed, starts thinking about how much he'll need to pay for college for both kids and pay off his home and pay off the house for a year and food and costs. And he'll need about $737,000. Since they clear $70,000 a week at their current point, all they will need is 10 and a half weeks and they'll both be straight. But that's only if Walt takes all the money when I did the math. So really don't need 21 weeks, which is nearly a year and a half with Tuco. 
And he says that going forward, they'll do the sales in public places, you know, the mall and shit. But it's doable. Walt says it's definitely doable. Definitely doable. Starts sounding like Rain Man. Did he say selling four pounds a week? Is that what he said? Or was it two pounds a week? Yes. Yes. Four pounds a week at 35K. Per pound. Yes. So that means they both would get 70. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they both would get 70. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jesse looks like he's hyperventilating. And as they get ready to leave, Tuco on the SUV pulls back up, blocking their way. And Tuco dumps the body out of his car and calls Walter over, demanding that he finds out what's wrong with the guy. Because he's twitching his shit. And he yells at the body, can't you take a beating? Uh, Walter says the guy needs an ambulance and Tuco tells Walter to do something because you're smart. <laughs> tells him to do that thing, do the move. Just because you're just because you're smart in one thing don't mean you're smart in everything. Do the thing. And Walter starts doing chest presses. Chest compressions. And Tuco tells Walter to breathe into the guy's mouth, and Walter says, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. And Tuco tells Jesse to do it, but by then the the dude is dead. And when Walter says he's not going to do it, it's not to say the dude's life. He's like he's not even breathing. Like, he doesn't have a pulse. It's too late. So Tuco starts stomping the dude out and tells the big dude, Gonzo, to get rid of him. And Gonzo says he can't do him like that because, you know, buzzards and rats, and it's not very Christian. And Tuco says real quietly, it sounds like you're arguing with me and just stares at him. Gonzo gets rid of the body. Tuco calmly smokes a cigarette as Walter and Jesse try and back away. But Tuco asks them what their big hurry is. No, Gonzo, no, you missed a point. Make sure that you know that when Gonzo got rid of the body, when he put it under the thing, it shook a little bit. I was watching it on the, my iPad. The stack, the stack of cars shook a little bit, and that's why he stopped. And propped it up with that piece of metal. No, no, he just put him underneath, and then he he basically covered him with the piece of metal. But it shook when he was when he was pushing him underneath. It it shook, and that's why he was just like, "Yeah, let me go ahead and back off of this and put them put this put this thing in the crook, son. It's a shook one." Mm-hmm. Tuco walks over to him and says, "You're done." Because, you know, Walter says he thinks they're done there. And Tuco says, you're done. So Walter starts walking away. And then Tuco grabs Jesse by the neck and basically reverse mushes him to the ground. Then he lets them drive away. And Skylar's a prying cream to her belly and looks at all Walter's medications. Then she puts on her headband, puts on a facial mask, and hears the door open and close. Fun fact, that's not her stomach. It's actually um, the worst um, woman in the world stomach. She was actually pregnant during this time. That was her stomach. Not the worst woman in the world. Just the best actor being the worst person in the world. There's a difference. I mean, it's the lady who played Marie. That that is actually her stomach. She was pregnant at this time. Well, that's that's what's up. Congratulations to her. So what they do? Digitally put it on her? No, they. It's it's cropped. When she's putting the lotion on her stomach, it's cropped. You can only see the stomach oh. in the hands. How can Marie don't look pregnant? You haven't seen Marie. You haven't seen Marie. 
This episode. No, that's right. <laughs> you did not see it. But she calls out that she's in the back of the house, but she's silent. And she comes to the front of the house and hears a television turn on. And she sees Walter standing in front of the TV, just staring at it and flipping the channels. And Skylar asks him if he hears her. And he puts a hand on his sho- she puts a hand on his shoulder, breaking him from his trance. So he tells her that I'm great. And she notices the hat and says they have grilled chicken. He seems disappointed to me that she didn't love the hat. And he took um, it off. Another fun fact, one of the ads while he was flipping through channels was for salt. Hmm. She asks where he's been, and he cries on her back for a moment. Then he tries to sexually assault her. But she fights him off. He doesn't say anything. He just stumbles out to the backyard and Skylar comes out and tells him that she knows that he's scared and angry and frustrated and that none of that's fair, but he can't take it out on her. Then Walter Jr. comes home and sees the stuff that was on the front of the refrigerator on the ground and his mom's face mask literally on the refrigerator door. Jesse's eating chips and guacamole when a guy passes by and he slides back his tray, revealing a stack of 20s. And the man grabs the money and comes back with a bag with a 22 in it. Because Jesse's been getting calls from a number where no one speaks, and it happened eight times throughout the night. Also, at 3 a.m., a black caddy came through his neighborhood with his headlights off. And Walter says if Tuco wanted to kill him, he would have done so at the junkyard, and Jesse calls that conjecture. He says he's basing that on the belief that Tuco has a normal, healthy brain, like they didn't watch him beat a man to death over nothing. Plus, the way that he stared at them when Tuco said, you're done. That means exactly how it sounds. The two of them are witnesses, and Tuco's going to be wondering if he could trust them. And once he decides the answer's no, Jesse pulls out the gun and just says this either them or Tuco. And Walter asks for a step-by-step plan for how to kill Tuco. And Jesse says, set up a new last cell. And as Tuco's testing a product like he always does, hit him with three shots. And Walter, it seems, starts stalling and asks if the shots are to the back of the head or to the face. And Jesse tells him to come on. And Walter says, you know, I'm just trying to understand how it works because by the time the shots happen, Gonzo will be coming for you. So that's another three shots. Walter says, let's put a pin in that. Walter asks if anyone else is there because Tuco's usually with someone else, his dealers, his posse. You know what? Let's put a pin in that, too. And he asks Jesse how many bullets a gun takes, and Jesse doesn't even know how to open the chamber to check. Walter asks, how could Jesse suggest they kill a man when he can't even open his gun? It's not that easy, is it? And Jesse hit him with the, I learned it from watching you and said, you did it. I could just kill it, man. There's something we can't understand. Marie calls Skylar and she says that Hank and she are going to a new restaurant near the University of New Mexico. And then she starts rambling. I don't think she ever actually admitted what she did. Hank walks in and comments that Skylar didn't pick up. And Marie says she obviously isn't home. And Hank follows her out to her car and asks her about what she was saying about Chinese food during her call to Skylar. And she says they're going out to dinner at the new place. And Hank says, well, you have Dave at eight. 
And she says, not tonight. And he says, I'm certain because they were going to charge the penalty when we changed it that night. And he says that she only has six more sessions. And she says, I'm doing them. So Hank knows she's a fucking thief. She says she knows about the sessions. He just got the days of the week wrong. Not only is she a thief, she's also a pathological or a compulsive liar. A kid is driving a little RC car and get a, got it stuck under the rear driver's side wheel of her car. And he apologizes. And Hank pulls the car out and returns to the kid. And Hank says that Dave is really helping her. And she agrees sarcastically. Oh, so we did see her this episode. I don't remember the scene. She then turns her car to drive away because they live on a circle, it seems. And she literally steers her car to run over a little kid's RC car. What in the encapsulated fuck? I thought it was an accident. No. She is the worst person in the world. She literally aimed. She could have turned out without even being next to that, next to his uh, RC car at all. And she turned her car and went out of her way to run over his shit. Hank apologizing to give the kid some money. Gomez has video of the chemical plant break-in, but they don't get any faces. They see Jesse and Walt using the thermite and respect that, but they're laughing at them carrying the barrel instead of rolling it. Hank finds out they stole methylamine and says they're making old-school biker meth. Because pseudo's in short supply, he says, they changed up the formula. That and the thermite shows the two of them know their chemistry. They got book learning, Gomi says, but they got no street skills because of the barrel incident. Instead of thinking about the breaking of Walter's school, they decide it must be chemistry students at the college trying to make a big score. And Hank says that with 33 gallons of precursor, they're going to end up stepping on some toes. He says they better hope it's DEA that catches up to him and not them boys from Juarez. Walter pulls up to his house that evening and retrieves his newspaper. As he does so, an SUV down the block starts up. It has no lights on, and a cigarette sparks in the darkness. Then it rolls away. Skylar rolls over the next morning to find out that Walter isn't in bed with her. He's been looking out the window like Malcolm for the entire night. His phone rings, startling him, and it's Marie. She leaves another message that probably would have rambled on, but Skylar comes out and picks up the phone and immediately hangs it up. She asks Walter if he's been in the front room all night, and he says he has stomach issues and knew he would be up and down, and he didn't want to wake her. She walks back into their room, and he puts away the knife he was clutching. Walter then asks Jesse if he told Tuco his real name, because, you know, every time something's going on, it's Jesse's fault. And Jesse says no, but it's clear that he's putting out feelers. And Walter asks a really great question next, which is, what the fuck's going to happen when Tuco finds out my brother's a DEA agent? Excellent question, Eisenberg. You should have been thought of that. Right? But he doesn't because he's impulsive. Jesse pulls the gun out the drawer. He said, I finally learned how to open it up. And he knows there's five bullets in it. He suggests they get a second gun for Walter because mathematically, it'll double their chances. That's math, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Walter says he has a better idea, and Jesse's like, thank God, what is it? 
and Walter pulls a bag of beans from his pocket. Caster beans, he calls them. And Jesse mockingly says, are we going to make a beanstalk, climb it, and escape? And Walter looks at him and says, we're going to make ricin. Jesse says, rice and beans? And Walter says, no. <laughs> ricin. It's toxic in small doses, and it's fairly easy to make and easy to overlook in an autopsy. And Jesse's about to grab one, and Walter says, don't touch it. The KGB killed a man with a pellet of, a pellet of rice and no bigger than the head of a pin and inserted it using an umbrella. So Walter and Jesse just need to find a delivery device. I always thought ricin was made using uh, the pits of cherries. But I think that's the one that starts with a C. What are you doing learning about what rice is made out of? Well, he just said what ricin is made out of. And the other one was on a couple of movies that I saw repeatedly. Is that where you get cyanide from? Cyanide. I don't, I don't know. I know. I know. I know. Apple seeds are supposed to be poisonous. Man, I eat those all the time. I eat apples whole. I just take the stem off. That's how everyone eats apples. No, I mean yeah, seeds and all. The core seeds and all. Oh, what the hell's wrong with you? The core? Yeah. No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Can you get a peach core? Mm -mm. I chew on it a little bit, then I spit it out. Pretty much. Okay. Skylar is looking at pictures of her and another man when Hank comes over. He apologized for not calling first, but he wants to talk. She wants to know if it's about Marie, and he says no. She's so barely talking to is, him. So much of this stuff is happening so much earlier than I thought. He asked Skylar to return Marie's phone calls, and she says that she's not ready to do that yet. And he says, you know, you can yell at her if you want to. Just return her calls. And Skylar tells him that Marie's a shoplifter and tells him about the situation at Zachary's and tells him that Marie won't admit it or apologize. Hank sighs and said <laughs> that if he yeah. thought Skylar was going to return it, he would have never. And then he trails off. <laughs> he basically goes, yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. She's shocked that he knows about it, and he tells her that they're working on it with their therapist, Dave. It's an ongoing process, Skylar, and we need to be understanding and support the shit out of her. And Skylar doesn't agree. No, Skylar is not here for it. At all, my gotta nigga. Gotta be understanding, you know? I mean, we gotta, you know, we gotta support the shit out of her. I need support. Me, the almost 40-year-old pregnant woman with a surprise baby on the way, and the husband with the lung cancer who disappears for hours on end, and I don't know where he goes, and he barely even speaks to me anymore, with the moody son who does the same thing, and the overdrawn checking account, and the lukewarm water heater that leaks rusty-looking crap and, and is rotting out the floor of the utility closet, and we can't even afford to fix it. But, oh, I see. Now I'm supposed to go, Hank, 
please. What can I possibly do to further benefit my spoiled, kleptomaniac bitch sister who somehow always manages to be the center of attention? Because God knows she's the one with the really important problems. I'm still trying to figure out why Walt didn't get that water heater fixed. He got the money. Want me to take a look at that utility closet? I figured he didn't get the water heater fixed because she was asking about $15 on the credit card bill. So she'd be like, where do you get the money for that? Oh, now we bring up the $15 on the credit card bill. Well, you asked why every he time, wouldn't have time, gotten. Every time I bring that up, y'all shush me. No. You brought it up in terms of paying for cancer paying treatment. Paying for cancer treatment. This is paying <laughs> for a water heater. Where'd you get the money for that, Walt? That's a logical question. Trying to save somebody's life, money's not a thing. Same place he got the, the he told her that he got the fucking money for the treatments from. from so you got the money from Gretchen and no, no, Elliot. He said, he said he was getting the money from his pension. That's what he said he was going to do. So you took money out your pension to get us a water heater. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, he could take a loan from his pension to do that. That's reasonable. Not for Skylar, it wouldn't be. That would literally be a what are we doing sort of situation. It's the water heater for the house, man. Like, what are we doing? No. Not now, not ever. Okay. Okay. So, Walter's back in the lab, but he's making ricin', not meth. And he juices it, toasts it, breaks it up, and mixes it in with their meth. That's all it takes, Jesse asks. And Walter says, yeah, now we arrange our next meet in a public place. We'll give him the usual four pounds, and then we'll tell him that we have a new recipe that we'd like him to try. And Jesse asks what's new about it. And Walter's like, make something up. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> that it gets the user insanely high or something. It doesn't take much because Tuco sniffs anything. He gets his nose near. So we'll just put a pin in that. Jesse responds. <laughs> Walter says it doesn't matter. Within 48 to 72 hours, it'll look like natural causes. A heart attack or the flu. His crew won't know. And Jesse says, not if Tuco kills us first. Hank calls and tells Walter he screwed up by coming to the house to get Skylar and Marie talking again. And Walter says, you know, it's no no matter, trying to rush him off the phone. And Hank asks him if he wants to see something really freaky and texts him a picture. The picture is Gonzo and the other guy dead in the junkyard. That changes everything, because now Walter's grabbing Jesse's gun, and Jesse's like, it's my gun. And Walter's like, I need it, because Tuco killing Gonzo means we're next, and I need to get to my family, and you need to leave town. He drives Walter home. should be keeping all this shit that Hank sends him in case he got a snitch on him to get him fired or get him locked up. He's showing him a lot of shit he shouldn't be showing him. True. He calls for Skyler and gets no response when he gets to the house. Sam responds when he looks for uh, Walter Jr. He walks into the hallway and hears a noise coming from a back room. He cocks the pistol and walks into the dark and opens the bathroom where Skylar is taking a nice bath with candles. I, I, I still, I guess they're soothing. The candles. 
Like if they're yes, scented? They are. Okay, like I guess. How? You've never taken a bath with candles? I don't I don't know, but I I think I I think you gotta get a bigger bathtub. I think taking a bath with candles wouldn't it be better to just take a bath in the dark? I'll tell everybody. Right? I'll probably fall asleep if I was in the dark. But she had like 30 candles up on that bathtub ledge. How many candles do you need? More than that. Mm. My lady just, takes a bath with one, just one. That's all she needs. She had the whole house to herself the entire day and wants to know where Walter's been this time. And Walter runs to the nursery and takes the money out the vent and he puts that and his other money into an empty diaper box. So she begs him to come and talk to her. Mm-hmm. So he leaves the box and goes to her. Hank confirms that the two dead people work for Tuco. Hank gets closer and sees there's no wounds or bullet holes. And it, it turns out that Gonzo came back to get the other guy from under the car and got his arm stuck. Remember when I had the conversation that I made sure that you point out that the thing shifted when he put no dose under there? Mm-hmm. The yeah, stack of cars shifted and crushed his arm and he bled out. They took pictures with the guy. But he didn't. Hank was laughing his ass off at him. (laughs) So Walter and Jesse are running on a mistaken belief. Um, How many? How many people? How many dead people has he seen? I mean, he's a DEA agent. He's not a fucking detective. He was like, this one smells fresher than the other one. I mean, a lot of people die in the drug game every day. B. Skyler begs Walter to talk to her. And he says he doesn't know where to begin. He gets a call and ignores it and holds Skylar's hand. A car pulls up to their house and Walter leaves Skylar behind and goes to peek out the window where Jesse is waiting in his car. Walter goes outside and asks what the hell he's doing there. And a gun pops out from the back seat. It's held by Tuco, who tells Walter to get in the car and they pull off. Skylar doesn't know a thing. The last thing she knows is that Walter was holding her hand and then walked away. The meth mobile screeches off into the night. The end. She's about to get real. I'm excited for season two, though. She's about to get real. That's a I thought season one was good. It didn't. People talk about this as the best show ever, so I'm assuming it gets better over time. Hmm. Because that was good, but not great. But I expect it to get great. I would say so. Because it, the way that it escalates, like, I would say so. And, like, some of the things that I thought happened later, I can see happening this season. And I'm like, ooh, I remember that. This is going to be fun. 916-633-1537. Uh, return to Oswald at gmail.com. Blood, meth, and tears at gmail.com. Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. Black is spelled B-O-K. Scar's on Twitter at Scarfinger. I'm on Twitter at Ratchet Book Club. You are? You can leave a review for the show on Spotify. It takes like 13 seconds. You can also leave a review for the show on 
Pod Chaser, copy and paste that into the Good Pods app, and copy and paste that into the Apple Podcast app. You can donate to the show on patreon.com slash single simulcast or on buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. You can buy us a drink. Or you could go to the Good Pods app and leave a tip in the tip jar. And the end, just a tip. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Please leave reviews uh, as this is a new show and everyone counts. Uh, y'all be good. We're going to haunt you later. Peace. Peace out. Simulcast. Don't know my name, and you slipped.